and good afternoon. You are listening to 94.1 FM KPFA here in Berkeley and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno and online at kpfa.org. The time is now 3 p.m. Stay tuned for a Stone's Throw with Jennifer Stone. Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up those in darkness from the ones who in light, light them up, boys, there's your picture, drop the shadows out of sight. And this is Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw, Tuesday, June the 23rd, 2015. Here comes my 19th nervous breakdown. Oh, i got to get that flag down before the pastor's funeral in Charleston, South Carolina. My God. Oh, oh nine families in extremis. Oh, the funerals, well... I guess, I guess they can, the legislature has been told they have to go back to special session if they don't uh, uh, get that flag out of there and maybe get rid of the t-shirts and the license plates, oh dear, First Amendment, oh dear, first, oh golly, freedom. All that uh, hate floating around, um, before I get into my rant, <laughs> eternal rant. Uh, just want to refer those of you who are sick of my hand wringing to one article. If you're a school teacher, or if you want to explain to your friends what's happening, the deja vu all over again thing about you know, been there, done that. Uh, check out an article in Vanity Fair, would you believe, called Black and Blue, Black and Blue. Okay, the pictures here. Uh, nineteen sixty-seven contrasted with today, two thousand and fifteen. Uh, this is in the July issue of Vanity Fair, and it's the best spin for my money on the uh, current <laughs> current manifestations of racism in our nation. It's written by James Wolcott. As I said, if you are a teacher or if you want to argue these issues with someone, check out this article in Vanity Fair, Black and Blue. Uh, uh, it basically, it basically explains that behind this country's gunslinger mentality is a prison gray machine. Ah. Uh, Prison complex, drug wars, never mind there. At least in this article, you'll find a, uh, a list of books 
The Second Civil War, published in 1968, would be my pick. Um, hmm. Anyway, or try the Battle of Algiers, <laughs> I think, yes. Now, half a century ago, when I was a school teacher in Oakland in the black schools, uh, we had these, we had these problems, these scenes. Remember the Black is Beautiful movement? Anyway, the picture here in 1967, ah, uh, cops, 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 and young black men. Same picture in 2015. Uh, mostly heartbreak. I mean, you know, who's getting hurt here? Uh, Anyway, uh, dirty, hairy glorification of cops. Never mind, never mind the carnage and the catastrophe. This bleak week are just too dark to talk about. I need time out. Oh, I need to study history and try to grasp the big Try to understand what hit us. Who are we? Ah, someone said, we must connect the dots. Yes, that's it. Of course, first we must collect the dots. It's amazing how many people, I include myself, simply don't have enough information. In this, the information age. Got to get our priorities straight. Anyway, I'll just keep collecting dots, and maybe in a decade or two, maybe before I die, I'll be able to tie things together, bring the future into focus. Uh, what I would like to do, <laughs> yes, is understand, well, what is it, this spiral that we're in. Uh, I keep thinking every time... Things boil over uh, the issue of racism, say. Every time this comes into focus, I keep thinking uh, we're starting at a higher level. We're, we're, uh, what is it? We're not as screwed up as we were long ago. Uh, Samuel Beckett is my, my favorite philosopher. He said, uh, try again, fail again. Fail better. Now, I don't know. I, I think the president uh, understands that. He knows we're failing better. Uh, I I can't figure out what, which is, well, you know, the absurdo stupidisms everywhere. Um, the flag, you know, of course it's, it's stupid. It's just a flag. But uh, the symbol, the symbol is... Uh, is a big one. The the history, the shower of sorrow that is our history, right? Uh, I still try to narrow things down till they mean something. Um, violence, bloody crimes, culture wars. I think it's pretty clear they mean just what they say. What you see is what you get. Only question is where. Is our civil unrest leading us? Will we resist these ugly acts, this cruel behavior of the ignorant and the vicious? Will we come together as a community? Ah, cliche, big cliche of the week. 
Ah, our hometowns all around the globe, uh, in our families. Always we win a few, and then look again, here they come. Uh, some of us just go numb, just turn to stone. I remember the stage I was at when I took the name Stone. <laughs> anyway, carnage comes. I noticed in the last three days, uh, no one is raving about that balcony that fell and killed five, six, seven Irish nationals, the UC students, uh, all 21, so many still in the hospital, how oh, badly they are hurt, their parents came from Ireland, I tried to talk to a pal about the pain that all parents must suffer when they lose a child. All parents everywhere. Uh, uh, so what to do? I mean, as I left the house today and on the news, uh, there was a report of uh, a woman, a child, seemed to be 12 years old, a suicide bomber in Nigeria. She just killed uh, 10 human beings and wounded uh, many more, they say 20. Uh, I forget what her issue was, a religious ideology, of course, uh, something. Anyway, uh, I think, you see, when I talk to my friends, they want to talk about priorities, you know. My absurdity is more absurd than yours, that kind of thing. Uh, now, uh, my friend is angry because that flag, she says, uh, is not about Southern traditions. It's, uh, she says, it's, it's, uh, recent, recent, 1964, she said, when desegregation so angered the old guard, you know, those guys, uh, uh, they, the Southern, I don't want to call them rednecks. It's another name calling us. Uh, <laughs> oh, the bigots, whatever. Um, that legislation caused them to get the flag out of mothballs and stick it up there and try symbolism, poke in the eye. Yes, all about uh, how they felt when the Freedom Riders came down in the 50s and then in the 60s, laws that uh, tried to, what is it, override, clean up the Jim Crow situation. Um, LBJ did what he could. Uh, uh, the South felt they had traditions and heritage, that kind of thing. Not the South, Jennifer. Please try to get your words straight. Uh, there is a word, let's call them the, uh, <laughs> let's call them the, the warriors, yes. Uh, I think, I think that the rules that discriminate, discriminated and humiliated African American citizens stem from a time centuries ago when, uh, survival, uh, as well as property, money, uh, depended on white uh, supremacy. Now, uh, I think that, uh, you know, all these deaths, the precious young students, 
the wise elders in that church. Uh, my friend said, well, she said, acts of God are one thing. Uh, the worst evils, she said, are man-made, she said. That's what evil means. It means you did it on purpose. Bombs, she said. That's worse than bugs, that is, diseases. Uh, Drug-resistant tuberculosis, uh, that's bad, but uh, at least nobody meant to do it. And I said, oh, well, now we're not too sure about that. Uh, I guess I guess trying to measure evil is a waste of time. Uh, <laughs> I guess whether we do it on purpose or not, uh, we do seem to be having an effect on the world in which we live. Uh, one of my little kids used to say, used to say, uh, when I told him uh, he was responsible for something, he would say, yes, I did it on my own cord. On his own cord. Right, cute. Anyway, uh, I try to weigh the pain. I have nothing else to do, right? <laughs> George Santayana, the great philosopher, once said that morality is the desire to lessen suffering on earth. I keep saying that and keep that thought in mind. And I think that tells me, anyway, what to do well, what to think. At least till next time, uh, Arthur Schopenhauer, uh, Friedrich Nietzsche, I think it was, said, We must live on and suffer. I love that stuff. Uh, Nietzsche actually said uh, one of the things he said in a great poem. He said, God has died of his compassion for man. End of quote. Now, <laughs> that, that, one, that one really got messed up. Now, think about that. Poor Nietzsche was accused of saying that uh, God had left our lives. That isn't what he said at all. Nietzsche said God has died of his compassion for man. Nietzsche died uh, in the madhouse. Uh, apparently, he went mad or had an episode, got him uh, locked up, when he saw a horse being beaten in the street. The horse was in a very bad way and Nietzsche was out holding on, clinging to this this dead or dying horse. And uh, that did it for him. Uh, I'm not sure about what would do it for me. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm too old to get emotional. Uh, we sure used to laugh a lot about Nietzsche and the great German philosophers. <laughs> we had graffiti in the bathroom at Wheeler Hall over at Cal in 1959, said, Nietzsche is dead, signed God. Ah, oh, we thought we were so funny more and more. I find that I, I really don't like my own graveyard humor, and certainly nobody else does. Uh, I just say, well, things could be worse, right? Anything could be worse. Uh, more of us eat than starve. More live than die. Well, at least more are born than die. Uh, 
population statistics tell us that the total body count increases by about a quarter of a million souls every day. Now, that's a new Berkeley, at least the population. Population of Berkeley. Uh, every morning when you wake up, there's 250,000 more people than the night before. Now, that can't be right. That can't be right. That's the rate of increase. The total number, you know, here's the those that die, of course, but then the rate of increase, 250 more people are born the next day than uh, die. Anyway, uh, I guess that's good news, right? Good news. I wonder if I'll live to see 8 million. Oh, that's exciting. I... I want to stick around because I want to solve this question of evil. Ah, evil. Yes, I love I love it when people say something is evil. It's almost a way of dismissing it, you know. Uh, the devil made me do it. That man-made bad stuff. Uh, well, that's something we can blame ourselves, right? We can blame others, Uh uh -huh. who invented all that sin stuff? Uh, oh, 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 Christianity, right. No, 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 no. There's always been sin. Uh, Christianity kind of upped it a little bit. Uh, yes, we've got to do what we can to lessen suffering on earth. The Pope is doing the best he can. Uh, progressives, we still hope for the better man, the wiser woman. My friend who worries so much about that Confederate flag and the... Racism that it uh, promotes, um, well, she's on the right track because she talks about preventable evils. Uh, now, as she sees it, nature is not evil. Uh, earthquakes and uh, floods, you know. Human history is a river of sorrow without any help. From us, flesh-eating bacteria waiting in the wings, right along with, uh, yes, famines coming up, uh, floods, drought, human lives hanging by a thread. Uh, now, I think that we could all be moral giants if we just take a deep breath and do the right thing, as Spike Lee says, my ideal, my... Uh, Religion, say, is medicine, science, uh, insofar as it benefits our human condition. Now, we know it louses things up, too, but that's our saving grace, the healer, the healers. That's the hero always and forever, doctors without borders, all those NGOs, all around the world, all the health workers on the planet, uh, Non-governmental organizations should be able to get anything they need, either from the United Nations or from the governments of the people they're caring for. Uh, ah, think what a public relations campaign would do on mass media, on the World Wide Web. Uh, hmm. Thinking of the uh, the best show about medicine I've seen lately is The Nick uh, Clive Owen as a doctor in a hospital that, uh, what is it, 1900 is the date on that show, uh, The Nick. They're just putting on the electricity in this fabulous New York hospital, and 
these men, these doctors, are trying to change the world. And the public relations there is pretty bad. Uh, anyway, I think that life is, uh, you know, life is for the living. And uh, for every cop show and crime drama, I think uh, educators, uh, parents should demand the promotion of real people, real heroes, real women and men, even if they're fiction. Sure. Uh, my favorite is Nurse Jackie. It's a cable showtime. Uh, it's ending this Sunday. Nurse Jackie is over. Oh, dear. It'll still be on demand forever. That's the only half-hour sitcom that I wait for and enjoy. Uh, I, I think uh, Edie Falco is a woman whose skill in action qualifies her as a bodhisattva, both as an actress and uh, inside the character. That is, uh, Jackie is enlightened. She is one who is able to pass on her knowledge and her expertise and her compassion to teach others and maybe... The TV audience teach them what it means to be passionate about your job. Not about some man, although she's pretty busy in that department, but about her job, her role in the world. Her raison d'etre is <laughs> keeping people alive and making them enjoy it. Yes, she gives people reasons for living anyway. The dramatic device in that sitcom uh, is to give the uh, the central character, Nurse Jackie, this tragic flaw. She's addicted to painkillers off and on. Now, it's been six seasons now. Now, how she deals with this challenge, oh, I hate that word. Uh, well, that has been and will be the the biggie, the issue that makes this show contemporary. Uh, uh -huh, the zeitgeist, the spirit of our age, all tangled up with this issue of drugs. <laughs> the Antichrist cometh with <laughs> a needle in his hand. Now, I'm not going to be a spoiler because the very last episode airs this Sunday on Showtime. And I don't want... Uh, I don't want to guess what might happen. I just want to note that social issues are what great writers struggle with even on the TV. Edie Falco played uh, the, one of the leads in The Sopranos. Now that show tried to give us a criminal gangster family that uh, lives exactly the way our upper middle class folks live uh, and have has the same priorities, right? Uh, you know, not much difference between crime and corporate uh, capitalism anyway. Uh, why is there this war on drugs anyway? Certainly not a crusade for health. That's not the idea. Uh, the programs that help, those are all being cut. Most of us know the drug war is an assault on black American males and on their families. Black women have been targets, just like the men, just as long as the brothers. Uh, black woman has been demonized and denigrated in such a variety of ways. I don't even want to talk about it. Since the first, since the first, the African woman, uh, she was made captive 
in her country of birth and then sold to the highest bidder anywhere on earth. It's funny how, uh, how I think the young people, I think I understand now why they don't want to talk about it. It's just too much pain. Uh, I didn't really define evil here. I think that's going to take me a while. Uh, I just like to insist that we try to recognize it. Uh, evil in humans, it does exist. There's less in monkeys, snakes, and birds still. <laughs> Our evil natures are uh, only undeveloped nervous systems. Um, also, evil comes and goes, you know. Uh, one day, the devil, you know. Badly damaged nervous systems are a threat. Those to whom evil is done do evil in return. As every school child will learn, right? Uh, back in the 1940s, fascism was washing all over the world. There was a great woman named Hannah Arendt. She said that evil was banal, just uh, ordinary, you know. Empty minds, she said, that fills up with poison, ignorance, lack of human feeling, you know. One idea, men, it's a vacuum, sucks up the hates of the more developed uh, bigots, yes. I used to say to an old friend of mine, you're not a bigot, you're just bland. Anyway, I was so grateful the president spoke up about our national neurosis, not a neurosis, uh, <laughs> Psychosis, racism, is a cultural condition. I recall the late 1960s, that 1967 picture here, when racial tensions were probably worse than today. At least there were more, uh, they call them riots, a terrible term. Uh, let's call them insurgencies. Uh, always a misnomer there. Uh, I was at Castlemont High School at one point in Oakland, after a very sad and angry conflict, I, I tried to talk to black students about their feelings. Uh, they pointed out that it was the black football team that tried to help the white students. They put them into the administrative offices and surrounded them so they wouldn't get hurt. Anyway, I only had a few very small classes. Kids didn't come back to school very, very quickly. It was a dance class mostly sitting in leotards on the floor, all girls, very curious days. They wanted justice, they said. They wanted justice from white people. They asked me why so many white people were so mean, so hateful. <laughs> I didn't know how to explain to them. They're so, so sensitive, uh, so young. Let the burnt child reflex. I couldn't tell them that most, not all, most white people didn't really pay that much attention. Martin Luther King quoted, uh, they quoted him, yes. They said that uh, his famous lines were about the, the only thing that was needed for evil to triumph was for good people to do nothing. That's the way uh, I told the students that the white people... I knew, well, most of them thought that the lives of black Americans were none of their business. <laughs> My teacher, only teacher friend that year, uh, was something else. She said, well, 
They've got their troubles, and I've got mine. Even liberals were slow to become active in the liberation struggle. Uh, liberal means liberation. Not for yourself, but for everyone. Anyway, at least this week, the president, a multiracial man who decided to identify as black in college, he was Barry, B-A-R-R-Y. Barry Obama. Anyway, he came of age during that time of consciousness raising. Uh, and he, our president, Barack Obama, used the N-word in public. Wow. That was a major issue back in the day. <laughs> I want to talk some more about that next time, yes. God bless uh, Barack Obama. He finally tried to speak directly to the issue. This has been Jennifer Stone. I'll be back on the air next time, Tuesday. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. Here's another community-powered announcement. From KPFA. Dr. Mustafa Barghouti speaking on the future of Palestine. Dr. Barghouti is physician and activist, also the General Secretary of the Palestine National Initiative, and an advocate of nonviolent resistance against occupation. He was nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by previous winner Maria McGuire. Dr. Barghouti will speak in a rare Berkeley appearance on Thursday, July 9th, 7 p.m., at the First Congregational Church, 2345 Channing Way. He'll talk about boycott, divestment, and sanctions, his recent trip to Gaza, the Israeli elections, facts on the ground, and where do we go from here. This benefit for the Middle East Children's Alliance is wheelchair accessible and co-sponsored by KPFA. For more info, meccaforpeace.org or 510-548-0542.